Hello, everyone. I am Jennifer Klug. Welcome to another episode of CEO Thought Leadership. I'm your host. And today we have our very special guest, Charles Johnson. He is the CEO of the Detroit Athletic Club. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here with you, Jennifer. Well, I get to uh, brag about all your accomplishments so everyone knows you and knows uh, your background and all your wonderful skills. Now, you started with the Detroit Athletic Club. We affectionately call it the DAC in uh, 2014. Uh, and then you became CEO in 2020, right in the beginning of 2020. And we all know what happened then. So I can't wait to talk to you about that. That's a tough job, right? That's right. Um, the Detroit Athletic Club um, is the number one athletic club in America. So congratulations on that. Uh, you are responsible for significant revenue growth and you had a 22 million renovation project, which we'd love to hear about. And here's the cool thing about the DAC. We have a handful of Brilliance Award winners. Uh, uh, it's a designation, special designation, for winners that win year over year over year. And it's very hard to do. There's only, I would say there's less than 20 in the whole country. Uh, and you're out of the Detroit market, Charles, and uh, I wanna say there's only two others. So congratulations on that achievement. Um, for those that don't know uh, anything about the Detroit Athletic Club, uh, could you provide like a brief overview um, it's, it has some rich history and it's really significant to the community. Can you share that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, proud to share it, really. The DAC was founded in 1887, so it's got a long, rich history in the city. It was initially founded around amateur athletics. At that time, amateur athletics was a new phenomenon. And actually, members of the DAC would found the AAU partially with meetings at the DAC. So there's, although the DAC isn't directly involved in the founding of the AAU, uh, our histories uh, intersect right there. Our current building on Madison Avenue opened in 1915 and wow. has been a keystone in the city since then, really. Our mission has grown since those early days of athletics. Um, and today, really, the DAC is a place where Southeastern Michigan's business, social, and civic leaders go for all of their business, athletic, social, activities and really anything just fun. Um, the purpose of the club is to enrich people's lives through meaningful connections. So ultimately, the DAC is a community of people uh, within the city of Detroit. Yeah, and full trans, uh, transparency for our listeners, uh, our organization hosts a lot of conferences and meetings there. We love it. it it's such a gem. It's, it's a very prestigious and elegant location. Um, you walk in there and you think you're walking into a museum because it's that beautiful. Um, so, you know, we I briefly said that you started as CEO. Now, you've been at the organization for quite some time, but you started as CEO in the beginning of 2020. So walk us through that. Uh, give us the story there on uh, taking the rains uh, during the pandemic and uh, some of the challenges you may have experienced. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, I don't know if I've been able to truly appreciate it yet. It's maybe still a little too close to home, but I, I know I'll reflect. But initially, following the footsteps of someone who was in the top position for more than 25 years, I thought would be the biggest challenge uh, I was facing. Uh, 
Uh, but within a few short weeks, I realized I had a, a much bigger challenge on my hands. Um, I've, I've reflected a bit, particularly on those first few weeks of March and April 2020, how we responded, how we communicated, and so forth. Uh, I have my notes from a call with the board of directors in those early days of the pandemic where we discussed what we would do for employees. I, I really, I didn't realize at the time and hadn't thought about it until I recently re-looked at these things, um, but how important these words would be. But at that time I had said, what we do for people at this time will be what's remembered. And it's remarkable how true that would turn out to be uh, in terms of how we took care of employees, what we did and how we communicated with the membership of the DAC. And really, I mentioned the DAC as a community, that, that larger community of the DAC. But for me, as the new leader of the organization, that time was, was first about the staff, you know, my colleagues, people that I care deeply about, um, how they would manage and survive through the time, which initially we thought would be a, just a couple of weeks. And then after, beyond the people, it really was just about the sustainability. Yep. Three weeks, Charles. That was the word. Is ever oh, this is three weeks, and we'll be back to normal, right? And we, we even communicated that to people. You know, we 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 said, hey, we you know we took care of the staff in some financial and other ways, and we'd even you know in the communications, the formal communications, hey, we'll see you in a few weeks, but in the meantime, here you are. Uh, luckily, the, the leadership, myself, the leadership of the board, were really focused on the people, and we we really sustained them throughout, uh, which was. I think one of the reasons we were uh, less impacted by what happened in the hospitality industry job market after that. Um, but beyond that, it was also just about the sustainability of the organization. I, I felt a, a great deal of pressure as the new leader to not allow the DAC, the organization that had been around for 130 years to falter. I, the viability of the club was really never in danger, but yeah, it, it, it just stood so much. And, and I, I felt that pressure and, and really wanted to make sure that not only that we didn't falter, but that we we were around for the, for tomorrow and, and and stood for what we stood for going into the future. Yeah, especially as um, someone that people were trying to get to learn, right? So you're the new leader. Yes, you've been there, but you weren't in the leadership role at that time. It's like, okay, what is Charles going to do in this situation? That's right. Um, so congratulations on that transition and your, your tenure has been amazing at the organization. Um, so let's talk about this rich history. Um, obviously you're in the hospitality industry. Uh, there's rich legacy there, but you also want to implement new things and innovation and make change happen. Um, tell us that journey. Uh, what are some of the innovative things that you've done? You've grown a lot of revenue uh, in your tenure. So talk yeah. about that. How how did you make some of these big changes that you wanted to make? You had a 22 million uh, renovation project. Walk us through all of that. Yeah, well, I'll start with just saying that, you know, nothing happens by accident. It wasn't as though, you know, I came in and we're going to do these innovative things. Really, the DAC being such a long, sustainable organization, it's on the backs of a lot of work ahead of us. You know, we're today we're planning for things five, 10 years from now. And so a lot of it's things that are good and put in play. I, I think, you know, if there's a, a scale, you'd find tradition and innovation as sort of these polar opposite ends of the scale. And so there's a tension between them. Uh, but I think that tension is important. And if used properly, it can actually be useful. 
Um, you know, it's been said uh, that you can use tradition like a rudder of a boat or it can serve as an anchor. Um, and I like that analogy because it really just speaks to the importance of tradition, letting that tradition sort of guide you like the rudder of a boat. Uh, the DAC being founded around amateur athletics, uh, that athletic and competitive spirit is alive and well today uh, because it is the ethos of the club. Um, and yet we aren't doing the athletics they used to do back then. So we've evolved. Uh, the same is true for the culture of our organization. There are certain things, our core values that remain steady through time. Uh, in the early days of the DAC, it was quipped that the acronym stood for Detroit's Active Citizens. Uh, and that is still very symbolic of the DAC community today. So the innovations, a lot of times we talk about very specific things like we, we put in a health, uh, wellness and recovery center. Uh, as people live longer, as people are more focused on their longevity of health and the, the importance of recovery after athletic endeavors. You know, I think uh, those are seen as innovative things and they, and they, are, they are certainly to a degree. Um, yeah, but those end up being the services. I really think it's about that culture piece. And so we're focused on it. We've got an excellent team of leaders. I mentioned our wellness and recovery center with our athletic director, who's only the third athletic director in the history of the DAC. He's been with us over 20 years now, Rob Bauer. Uh, he's engaged, he's educated, he stays up on current trends. He's actually a speaker nationally for various things. And so when we have a team of professionals like that, they understand what innovations are coming, what we need to do. And it's really about having a wonderful team around us, whether it's Chef Sean Loving, or I mentioned Rob Barr, or any of our disciplines that we have. We have some of the best in the business and they're able to help guide us and, and, and bring us to where we need to be going forward. Yeah, for our listeners, I hope you caught that he was giving credit to his people uh, for his accomplishments. So that's pretty cool. It says a lot about you, Charles. Um, so, so let's chat a little bit about um, being in hospitality. It's it's like being in retail. You have to be there. You have to have a smile on your face. Um, people can be challenging. Uh, people can be wonderful in in the same breath. Um, so you're in an environment now where you're competing for employees uh some uh people prefer remote work how are you staying competitive uh given all the changes in the last three years of what work looks like yeah that that's probably the biggest challenge facing the industry is that that workforce challenge there's no doubt that hospitality businesses suffered the most during the pandemic and since then the industry lost the most amount of employees, was the slowest to recover, and still has the largest deficiency between the number of people that want to work in hospitality versus the need and number of open positions. And it's really a complex issue that there's no single thing that can be pointed to as the cause or solution. Uh, but that, at least some of that refers to your question. The workforce want more control over their schedule. They want to be able to choose the hours they work in the location in some instances, whether it's work from home or otherwise, uh, that does not always work well for hospitality where nights, weekends, and even holidays can be some of our busiest times. Um, so we do a variety of things to combat that, uh, like focus on positive work experience and culture. But again, we can't fix the problem with those, but we do know that there are people out there that still want to do uh, work in, in a workplace and want to be a part of that team and not at home people that thrive on the connectivity with their coworkers and customers that you can only get from human to human interaction. So for us, 
Our goal is to create a work environment that is appealing to those people. It may be a smaller pot of people, uh, which means you must be more appealing than others, uh, yeah. that they therefore want to be part of our team. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And I and I this is what we hear from other CEOs of the best and brightest, those that never went remote or those that um, have in-person um, workforces, it, it's a challenge and there's ingenuity and creativity um, that needs to happen in recruitment and retention. So congratulations, because I know your numbers are fantastic. Yeah, thank uh, you. PM, we score you. Um, we, we know you're doing uh, a great job. Can you tell us more about the culture? What is it like? What is the employee experience? Uh, what's it like being an employee of the DAC? I think being an employee of the DAC is you, you immediately find out you're part of the community of the DAC. You're not necessarily an employee. It really extends beyond that. Um, it, of course, includes our wonderful employees. It also includes our members and their families. Uh, our daily work is not transactional. It's very relational. We do a lot to protect the culture of the community. Uh, we often say, particularly to the staff, that everyone at the, DAC, at the DAC should feel safe, respected, and needed. And so within that culture, the community thrives, and it's the community at large, all the stakeholders, that makes it a wonderful place to be and why our team stays for such long tenures. That's great, that's great. Um, you know, I, I mentioned that being a Brilliance Award winner, um, being a winner year over year, is quite the accomplishment you know there's a 10 to 1 ratio for everybody that wants to be a best and brightest company um there's 10 companies that try and there's one winner and there's thousands and thousands of businesses that go for this award year over year and to be a brilliance winner and stay on the list for this long is is truly accomplishment if you were sitting in a room of other CEOs and they ask, how do you do that? How do you um, continue to have excellence? Um, what are some tips you would give them or best practices that you would share? What's your advice? You, you know, it's, it, it, it's, um, it's high level, but I think it starts with authenticity. The most important aspect of positive culture is the authenticity of it. If someone were to walk into your place of business and spend a day or two, and you were to ask them what they saw in the culture, how would that align with what you want, the culture that you try to project and what you say you want? Uh, if you're serious about culture, it's something that you're always striving for. I don't think, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever achieve it, what we want it to be. I don't, it's not something you go do and it's done. It's, it's in constant um, flux. And you, you, when I say authentic, you must be authentic about protecting it, maintaining it, and doing those things. Um, if the culture is going to permeate through the organization, it must be authentic, I believe. Uh, and that includes who you hire, who works for you, all of your processes and policies, and do they all align with the culture you're trying to, 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 to do um, to attract and employ the people that you want to hire to fit within that culture? And then after that, I think it's about consistency. So you have all, you have all this authenticity piece, and then you have consistency. Culture, it's, it's not negotiable, um, and it really needs to be treated as such consistently throughout the organization. I often, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not words. It is 
please hold me accountable. I'm not perfect. I will fail. We talk about integrity a lot at the DAC. You know, it's do what you're going to say you're going to do and do it in the time you said you're going to do it. And we all fail. And but let's hold each other accountable. And I think that accountability is, is you know, it's, it's part of that consistency piece. It's it's not for others. It's for all of us. Um, and so I think authenticity, that consistency, the best practices piece, you know, the, the, the nuanced pieces of what an organization might do. I think, you know, there's a lot there, a lot, of, a lot you could uncover, but I, I think it has to start with those two things. That's great. That's great. Is there any uh, team activity or perk or um, experience as an employee there that everybody loves? Like what's, what's your claim to fame and your activities with your team? You know, we, we, we do a lot. We encourage, um, we encourage like departmental to departmental. So I know last week, for instance, and we hope that teams do this every year, the catering team and the athletic teams get together for a little bowling party just to have some camaraderie. Uh, they do work together, yet they also work in very different types of worlds. And so, you know, what could sometimes be stressors or some miscommunication, you can take, get rid of some of that just through some simple camaraderie. So we do things like that. We had our employee annual picnic uh, just a couple of weeks ago, downtown Detroit. We had around 400 people show their, their families come and just a great time to break bread, be together, um, celebrate our successes, who we are, what we do. Um, and and it, I mentioned the community piece. That's where these family things, uh, whether it's two teams getting together or the family day coming together, staff really look forward to that. There's a sense of pride that comes out of the DAC. Some of that is naturally. The, 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 the building itself is beautiful. And the ability, I feel every day I walk in there, we all feel fortunate to be there. What a great place to go every day for your day of work. We all feel that that pride to be able to show your family and make it a greater part of, of you and, and, and connecting it to your, your family, I think, is important. So all of that stuff, all of the community, family, um, camaraderie pieces that, that we put into place for, for employees, I think are, are some of the most uh, looked forward to. Our Christmas party every year—it's—it's it's, these these types of things uh, are just something the staff really get excited for and uh, really enjoy participating in. That's great. That's great. So you know, I I have the the pleasure of seeing your team in action, uh, and there's always a smile. There's always wonderful energy. Um, it, it exudes the culture you know we we can walk into a culture as as an organization and know right firsthand if it's the best and brightest company or not and um uh, your facility just exudes uh best and brightest workplace so congratulations on that uh i'm gonna shift gears a little bit um you know let's focus on clients for a second uh Client attitudes have changed. Uh, customer experiences are, are very important. You have a legacy of an experience. You have customers that are changing. Um, what have you done around client experience in a hospitality environment? And I know this could also help others 
with their client experience, their retail experience with their uh, customers. So walk us through that because it, it really is impeccable. So you need to you need to share with others what you're doing to make your clients or your members uh, feel like they're they're the most important thing. Yeah. Well, you know it's it's I don't want to say it's easy for us, um, but it's it's at this heart. You know, we all have servants' heart. That's why we do what we do. Hospitality at its core. You know. It comes from hospital. It comes from taking care of people. And we actually talk, there's a there's a phrase we use at the DAC, it's called taking care. And, and we're here to take care of people. And we actually, there's three elements of taking care. There's taking care of each other. And that's our team. And, and that spans many things. That means uplift somebody who needs to be uplifted. That means show every day with an empathetic ear. It also, then you bring in the team aspect. It's, it's, it's being all in. It's jumping in, helping where you need to do. We can all help each other. So we, we help each other. We take care of members, uh, you know, our, our clientele, our customers. Every person who shows up has had some sort of unique life experience that day. It could be bad, good, could be bad, could be somewhat indifferent, but we're empathetic to that. And we're here to really, when you show up, the reason you come to a hospitality organization is to feel good you're, you're there to to feel good to be good to be taken care of and that's what we're here to deliver on and myself all of our team we get immense satisfaction out of taking care of people there's perhaps nothing better than getting a nice letter or a phone call with a very emotional connection about something someone did for someone and the impact it had on their day or their week or their year or their lives for that matter and in the moment, it often seems like these minor little touch points, but what you don't realize is the impact it has on others. And so, you know, we we harness that, we talk about it, we celebrate our successes. Anytime we get a story like this, and we get them fairly you know regularly, which is great, but we share them. And, you know, we want to talk about them, we want to share them because it inspires others to want to do that same. So when you have a diverse clientele, and it, it continues to get more diverse. Our, our, the age of our clientele is really expanding and getting larger. And the, obviously the needs of each of those groups are very different. But if you approach it with this taking care uh, mentality, this being empathetic, what, and really what you're trying to find out, oh, what can I do for you? And it's not serve a meal, stay in a hotel room. It's not some of the general hospitality things. A lot of times there's something you can do for someone outside of that. And it, can, it doesn't cost a lot of money. It doesn't take a lot of time. It really is just this creative spark uh, based on an empathetic ear that you can find something you can do for someone. And when we, that's what we do. We harness that and we do it because everybody is so different, but every, what everybody has is needs. And so yeah. trying to uncover what those needs are, that's how we end up being, um, I think, successful. And, and when you hear these, these stories of lore, of these grand gestures that have happened at the DAC, we love the grand gesture stories. For every one of all those, there's a hundred of the smaller ones that were were just as impactful yeah. to somebody. Yeah, and that that shows the secret to success of quality client experiences and rewarding people and recognizing people for creating them. So congratulations on that. One of the things we like to do on this program is we like to demystify CEOs. You know, we all talk very professional, and um, we can be intimidating. CEOs can be intimidating. Uh, you know, a new employee might be uh, scared to to shake the hand or or to talk to the CEO. And uh, we're people just like everyone else. 
So let's shift gears and talk about you as a human. Um, I'm gonna just kind of jump around here if you'll let me, Charles. Do you do you have any unique hobbies or interests or talents? You know, I'm gonna start with you know, you want to make me uncomfortable. Let's talk about make me talk about myself. I'm a <laughs> bit of an introvert, and I often say I may be the most unremarkable person you've ever met because I, I I've always had trouble answering these unique experiences, hobbies. Not really, you know, I have a, a wife, three kids, two dogs, and that takes a lot of my time. And you know, whether we are just spending time together, going for a walk or, you know, going to a sporting event or going to a theater show or my kids in their sports and all that, you know, that mm -hmm. is what I do. I do like to fish. I, I play golf. I'm, I'm not good at it whatsoever. And I'm <laughs> a, a recent pickleball uh, player. I played my first league this last summer, so I'm, I'm getting into it and getting up to speed, but I just, you know, really just being active. Uh, I, I guess that would be about it. Pickleball is fun. I I played a couple times and uh, I can see why it's it's the next best thing. Yes. <laughs> um, do you have any daily rituals? Like when you wake up in the morning, do you do the same thing every morning? Are there rituals there? Tell us what that looks like. I, I am. I'm a creature of routine um, and I love to be in my routine. And when I break routine is when thing I, you have one of those days. My daily routine is nothing. It's nothing remarkable. It's just really how I go out, get myself ready for the day. That first cup of coffee. Um, it's those things that just really keep me steady. When I do travel, you know, that's I, I do my best to keep those routine. But that's when it tends to get off. But I do like routine too much. I have a long commute every day. So uh, which, you know, I would say 28 out of 30 days of a month. It's a great thing. Two days a month, it's maybe a bit of a problem for me, but those 28 days, I I, I do podcasts, books. It really is. It's a, on my way to the office. It's a chance to get myself mentally prepared for the day. Maybe I'm even just thinking about what I have ahead of me, and it just it's good level set time. And on the way home, the opposite. It's a great chance to unwind um, and make sure when I'm ready to walk through the door at home, I'm ready to be present at home. Present at home. And to the degree I can, I've left everything uh, else uh, behind. Yeah, beautiful. I you know podcasts and what you listen to in the car. Anything really good you would recommend for others? Well, podcasts. You know, I, I like true true crime. I, I mean, I wouldn't. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. I I would divulge any of that. You know, uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was bad. You know, I like Malcolm Gladwell's got a, a great podcast that I've listened to. I'm actually redoing it again now. Uh, books are tend to be what I get a lot out of it. Um, this year, or actually late last year, I read um, Unreasonable Hospitality by, by Will Gadara, uh, which I know within the, within the private club world and in, in the hospitality world, it's been, it's not a new secret, it's, it's been out there, but I think that it really spans all industries because it's what I was talking about earlier, it's about just connecting with people, and I think that spans anything we do, and it's a, it's a, it's a way to be successful, and he does a great way, he has a great way of putting that into words and stories that resonate and sort of capture the essence of the emotional spirit of, of what hospitality is. Yeah, very well said, because I think every industry can learn from hospitality, especially an elegant experience such as the, the DAC and what you do to make your customers, clients, members uh, feel special. I mm. think all of us can learn from that. So congratulations on that. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Um, oof, I'm not sure that there is other than, um, you know, I know this is uh, a national audience. 
the Detroit Athletic Club, the city of Detroit is such a wonderful place. And if you haven't been in a long time, I encourage you to come see the city, experience it. And we have a hidden gem in the Detroit Athletic Club, the number one athletic club in the country. You know, so if you think about clubs, your golf clubs, private country clubs, et cetera, city clubs, uh, you know, one of the best in the nation is in the city of Detroit. And if you ever have the opportunity to come by, I really would encourage everyone to do so. Yeah, please, please. We, we all need to see it. It's, it's truly fantastic. Well, thank you for, for keeping on shining and, and brightly shining as a, a best and brightest, but also thank you for your leadership and how you treat your employees and, um, all the best practices that you shared today. It was wonderful having you on the program, Charles, and then everyone go out there and keep shining bright. Yeah, thank you, Jennifer. It's been a pleasure and have a, have a great rest of your, uh, your year. Yep, yep, thank you, everybody.